Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. Welcome, chums, and for those of you that uh, couldn't get enough and wait until next Sunday when uh, there's a next Hustings, we've brought you a bonus midweek Hustings. Um, brought to you by the uh, good candidates of Nelson. So we have uh, two guests with us this evening. Um, so we have uh, Councillor Lee Hunt from the Liberal Democrats. Welcome, Lee. Good evening. And uh, Duncan Robinson from the Greens. Hi. Good evening. Marvelous. I'm me. never sure. I'm never sure, Duncan, whether it, it is the Greens or the Green Party these days. I guess provided you're known as Green, then you're you're, you're more than happy. So, while well, not familiar with Nelson. Um, I'll just give a quick overview of what we know, mm-hmm. um, and then hopefully some address the slight technical issues, and we should then be ready to rock and roll with questions and answers. So the Nelson Ward is one of those wards uh, like we had at the weekend, where St Jude, where most people in Portsmouth who are not political aficionados will driving in on the M27. If you left. And Ward, um, predominantly taking in all of Tipner and then sort of running down almost until you get to the ferry port. So it's it's kind of just above Charles Dickens. Um, in terms of its political history, it has been a strong ward for the Liberal Democrats. They have won the last three, um, in fact, the last four um, elections there with their share of the vote coming in at sort of 43 to 46 percent. You've seen uh, you've seen the over the last few years, so it's great to have both of the candidates with us. Um, we have we do as always invite every one of the candidates to come and join us at the hustings. So we always have to give credit to those people who wish to represent their ward for stepping forward and uh, answering your questions. Um, just before we go into the questions, a quick reminder, and we're doing this on every podcast because it is vital there is nothing sadder than a vote that cannot be cast so remember that this election is the first time where you will need photographic id if you intend to vote in person there is a qr code in the top right of the screen which if you scan it it will take you to the electoral commission who will tell you all the things that you can do to get photo id if you don't have it or to register for a postal vote where you won't need photo id so whatever you do ensure you are registered to vote you've got about a week left to get that done um so that on may the 4th you can have your say so just gonna check in with simon how are you technically simon poised and ready to Um, roll like a coiled zebra marvelous in which case i shall throw to you for the opening speeches okay fantastic so we performed a highly technical coin toss before we went live um and lee has then agreed to go first uh, for the speeches, but that does mean that we'll pose the questions in random order to each of our guests. So, uh, Lee, uh, if you're ready for your um, for your two minutes opening speech, if you can just give me a second, um, and then we'll be ready to go. Okay, so um, my name's Lee Hunt, and I've been a city councillor for best part of two, 22 years. Um, with an interlude four years or five years ago when Mr. Corbyn, the Corbyn waves swept through the country. Um, I'm 64 now. 
Uh, got a lot of experience and, of course, Damshaw, Tipton, uh, North End and Buckland used to be my beat when I worked in St. Crescent Police Station, so I know the area really well. And um, that's about it, really. I worked very hard, um, very lively on the social media, keeping in touch with people and people like that. They like representatives more and more. Well, they more and more like representatives who are accessible through social media, but it does mean um, that um, casework is enormous and particularly around housing nowadays, an awful lot of casework around housing. People don't have houses. They live in wet houses. They live in um, places that they shouldn't be living in because there's a there's not enough housing across the country, let alone Portsmouth. And that's one of my biggest um that's one of the b biggest challenges that I have to help people. Okay, over to Duncan, I guess. Okay, that's lovely. That, thank you. And um, Duncan? Hi. Yeah, I'm Duncan. Um, I've been in Portsmouth for about 15, 16 years now. I originally came having joined the Navy and then obviously left. And I live in Nelson. I have worked in Nelson for about the same length of time now um so i've got to know people quite well which is great um green well because it's living in where i live it's really affected my children's health and mine as well particularly looking around clean air which is why i got involved with the greens so yeah there we go okay Lovely. marvelous so thank you both. We will go to our questions now. You each have one minute to answer each question. And then should you wish to come back uh, on something your opponent has said, um, we will offer you a 30 second rebuttal at the end. So if we start, I will start off really just asking for, you know, when you're on the doorstep talking to people, what are the key issues that are affecting this ward? And can I start first with Duncan, please? Sure. Key issues, as the Hodori said, housing seems to be a big one. We're talking about crime, antisocial behaviour, cleanliness of streets, fly tipping, litting, litter, dog fouling, parking. Cycle route seems to have been one that people talk to me about quite a lot. Um, and connectivity around the area, bus routes, um, green spaces, Tipner West, and to an extent the proposed developments in Tipner East as well are all areas that have seemed to have come up in, in conversations I've had with people. Marvellous. Thank you, Duncan. I feel as though I've gabbled that a little bit as well. So, No, no <laughs> problem at all. It's uh, um, the, the good news is that uh, many of those issues that you raise come up in the, the, the questions. All that over the city as well, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, Lee, as, as somebody known for pounding the pavements, what are the people telling you? Well, some of the issues that Duncan's just covered come up, obviously, the pavement politics stuff. Uh, I have to say, I've had nobody raise Tipner West with me, not one. And nobody raised, only one person raised Tipner East with me um, uh, at all, uh, either via email, social media, or what have you. Uh, no one at all. Um, uh, policing, as Duncan says, policing crime, antisocial behaviour. Um, that's really important, particularly around um, Stanshaw and yeah. Tipner. 
and uh, access to GPs and dentists are a very big issue. Um, that comes up a great deal along with the cost of living crisis, people being able to afford their housing. People are having to pay excruciating amounts of money for um, their rents, you know, uh, uh, seven, £800 uh, a month. And even for professional people, that's an a huge amount of uh, money to pay. Uh, for example, even police officers can't afford it very, very, very easily. Um, so those are the sorts of issues that um, come up. Thank you. Hey, over to Simon. So moving on to our next question. Um, you'll be surprised if it didn't come up. So the Tipner West, um, <laughs> also known as Lennox Point, positive investment in new housing and maritime economy or vandalism of a vital tidal habitat? What do you say to that, Lee? So there's been uh, debates through the City Council. The City Council has a settled view on it now that um, we will go with the, um, uh, the, the city plan that was envisaged uh, many years ago. And I add at this point that every group on the council voted for it, uh, including the Labour Party and the Conservatives. The pits weren't around at that time. We had a recent debate too, where um, we moved back towards the um, city plan of about 2,500 homes. And we were looking to protect the Ramsar site as best as we could. But uh, that's an open question still. Um, so the Labour Party, having stirred it up enormously, uh, then decided, you know, that they were against and even describing it in letters today as the Dems' um, 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 terrible plan for um, Kip. No, they didn't vote against it at all. They abstained and let it through. So and I think six Tories voted against it and six voted for it and six abstained. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a great shame. There's been a lot of politics around it. Thank you, Ian. That was your... um, I do empathise enormously with Duncan's position on it and in those that because we've been communicating. Thank you, Ian. That was your minute uh, on that one. Quite a, um, sorry, Lee. Oh, quite sorry. a lot on that. All right, Thank that's you. fine. Thank you. Um, uh, same question to Duncan, please. Yeah. Um, Tipner West is one of those controversial issues and that stems around all of the protected sites of and around Hypno West. Lennox Point in itself, too big a development, which would destroy so much habitat. Um, my thoughts are that development there will have to happen because of the housing shortage in Portsmouth. However, it's the scale of the development that's the issue. Um, as Lee rightly said, keeping the Ramsar site safe is, is paramount. Same as um, developing anything in that area where the seas and the habitats in tidal range are protected legally. Um, so scaling it back is a good thing. Um, so, yeah, um, my thought is that development on the island without extending out into the harbour might be the best solution. Of course, working with Hampshire and Isle of Wight Wildlife Trust to make sure that anything is not destroyed that is productive of wildlife is is what's necessary um so it could be a good good thing for development for the city for um maritime things however it's got to be 
within the scope of protecting the environment as well. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Um, did either of you want to use your 30 second rebuttal on that one at all? And that's a rebuttal to... Not a rebuttal, but we can have some kind of debate on it because I think that's why Duncan wants to be here and, and well, we've, I would mind teasing it out. We've got set questions, Lee. That the, the format is that we work our way through uh, through the questions and you'll see the other things that are on the on the top. All right, then. So one one thing I'll short uh, rebut is that the, the Ramsar site is um, an open question because with the rise in the sea levels, it's going to go underwater in any event if nothing is done to uh, sort it out. Um, there is also a lot of poison in the ground, arsenic, lead, a whole range of sulfurs which are going to leach into the triple SI unless some action is taken and that is going to be afforded by developing the land. So yes, there are a lot of conundrums. It's a bit like a Russian doll. You open the top one and there's another one underneath. You remove that one, there's another one underneath. So it is an enormous conundrum to sort the land out. Sorry I went on a bit. Okay. Anything to come back on that one, uh, Duncan? With your rebuttal? It is. Having been in contact with, again, Hampshire and Isle Wildlife Trust, it is the opinion that um, the best thing to do might be to raise the whole development area by four metres and trap in any anything that's there at the moment and seal it at the moment, as in nothing seems to have been leaking out from what they have found out. So it's the point of what experts have said what and and seeing what exactly could be done to make sure that nothing is is leaked into the Ramsar sites or the SSIs. Okay. Thank you very much. Ian? Thank, thank you both gentlemen. A very important topic and, and, and well worth taking that extra extra minute. So subject that you both touched on which is uh, about housing and affordability so how can the need for affordable housing be balanced against the proliferation of houses of multiple occupancy? Um, so can I ask that question first to Duncan, please? Sure. Um, what could be done would be the mandatory licensing of all um, of for all landlords, whether that be HMOs or um any other renters as well, which would give the council an insight as to where everything is more insight than I believe is there is at the moment. Of course, Lee can correct me on that because he will have access to stuff more than I do. Um, what we would think as well be ending the mass council house sales and scrap the right to buy at discounted rates, which means that when and if people do buy the council house, the council get the full value of the house rather than a discount which therefore should mean that any any replacement could be afforded. Um, obviously, we need to make sure that the housing we've got at the moment is brought up to a good standard. Uh, that seems to be a particular issue in all over Portsmouth where we need to add in extra insulation, keeping people warm, which then will knock on to living costs as well, which is another question down the route. Um, we do have as well around a thousand slightly less than a thousand empty houses in Portsmouth they've been empty for six months or more um, I'd like to see those uh, opened up as much as possible to ease that little drip in the ocean of housing need 
I know at the moment it would take two years for the council to be able to act on anything and obviously that's one for Westminster to be able to sort out where they would let councils take possession of houses quicker than, than a two-year empty house, which would then add on to okay. other issues like... D- Sorry, uh, Duncan, where we've gone kind of over the minute, I've tried to let you go over in the in the same way that I let Lee earlier on. Uh, sorry, Ian. So, in so same question to Lee, and if you could uh, keep your answer nice and compact, Lee. So, affordable housing and the tension between HMOs. What's the solution? So there is a tension between HMOs, and um, because the, the because. Uh, too often landlords don't look after them properly and don't engage with uh, local residents. Um, they, the, the industry falls into disrepute, and that is what's happened with HMOs. Portsmouth actually has one of the strongest policies around HMOs, no more than 10% within a 50-metre radius. We were the first ones to do that, and other councils have followed. The failure, the reasons that they're, uh, they're needed... Uh, is uh, is because um, there's been a failure of housing policy ever since the war. Not enough homes have been built. Council houses have been sold off. Um, and this uh, administration, the Liberal Democrat administration, the city is buying back former council houses to, to help with the council housing waiting list. So um, some of what Duncan talks about requires legislation in Parliament. The p- council simply doesn't have the powers to do some of the things that people would like them to do. But so far as HMOs go, the government has deregulated planning laws. So it's much easier to move from one use class to another. And the planning advice we have, which we reject at the moment, is that uh, there is no planning permission needed to move from C3 to C4 HMOs. Um, so that tension will remain. There's not enough housing and we have to build more houses, but not 17,000. That does not meet the local need. That means a national target. Thank you, Lee. Do either of you want to come back on anything the other candidate has said? In which case, Simon. OK, that's lovely. Thanks. Um, just want to check with the check with the tech problems that we've had. Is the timer showing up in the screen for you to see? OK, that's fine. Um, just um, wanted to make sure that was there to help you pay, help you both pace your remarks. Thank you. Okay, so um, moving on. So the North End shopping area has seen many shops um, come and go over over the last few decades. Um, lots of empty shops, like many shops around the city and indeed around the country. What should be done to revitalise shopping centres like North End and make them fit for the twenty first century? Um, first to Lee, please. Well, it's quite clear that business rates are far too high, rents are far too high, and we have to change that. But again, the, that needs um, push from government, particularly around business rates. We would go for a land tax, my party would do, rather than than what goes on at the moment. Um, landlords are charging too much money for their shop premises, and this is um, forcing small independent retailers to think very hard, especially in the cost of living crisis. Um, when people are not buying as much. And, of course, they look for cheaper uh, options and they go online where you know, we all know we can almost get anything cheaper than in the shops. So it's a massive problem. Um, and, again, it's a failure of policy that's brought this about. 
Um, the free market economy, if you like, has uh, contributed to this. And um, it's a big issue. And uh, councils can only intervene so far. They don't have enough money. And most of the money that they have is spent on social services, education and schools. So to then okay. start abstracting money from that to sort out shopping centres um, would be just uh, unaffordable, Thank would be just a dream Thank world. Thank you, Lee. Um, if we, again, if I can just ask that we um, try to keep to time. Um, Duncan, same for you. I, yeah, yeah, I totally agree that business rates are too high for people. Um, Green Party would want to reform that so that brings business rates down. Um, as for rents, I guess it's getting in contact with people who own the shops to see whether that can be brought down. I can name businesses that have chosen not to come to North End or Portsmouth because of the high rents, which is not great for, for the city, really. Um, one thing that has worked in Brighton and Lewes is a virtual high street, which has empowered people to shop from home, from local shops and have things develop, uh, delivered either that day or the next, which might help people um, shop locally. Um, I'm sure there are shops here that many would like to see use. On top of that, I have having passing through the North End shops on a daily basis to and from work, it's quite a, it's, it's, it's an open area. We could do with more green cover if that were possible. Um, seating seems to be a problem as well for those who need to get around as well with mobility problems. There's not very many benches, sorry, cat in the area. Okay. Yes, I love you too. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, yeah, I was saying that we need to perhaps green the area a little bit as well. I know that um, while the Portsmouth and um, a few others have put some green spaces into ports into the North End area, which is amazing already, that might uh, bring people to the area where they can make use of. Okay, that's great. Um, and thanks for the addition of the cat. Of the cat, I'm surprised that Ian. That's all right. Don't Off worry about go. it. We often have cats coming in and out of shot on the show. Um, so, anybody need their thirty second rebuttal on that one? Yeah, indeed. If you don't mind, Duncan, uh, it's not so much a rebuttal. It's just an explanation or clarification. Well, uh, North End, if you go to it, there are more people walking through and shopping in North End than even South Sea. Oh, that's uh, good. It's quite clear. Um, um, and the shops there, it's not all its not all doom and gloom. New shops have been opening um, uh, at least a half a dozen this year, uh, several food stores. Um, so really and truly, it's not doom and gloom. And uh, as a local shopping centre, yeah, sure, we want it better, but it isn't doom and gloom. I'm a half, I'm a pint half full person, uh, not a half empty person. Okay, lovely and fantastically to time. Well done. Thank you, Lee. So you've you both touched on it. Um, the cost of living crisis is writ large. What more can or should councils be doing to help? And can I put that to Duncan, please? Sure. It's, it's quite a difficult one because a lot of it probably isn't under council control. Um, we need to be able to try and reduce energy costs. I mean, we could try and put more money into solar panels on public buildings. I know that a lot has already been achieved on that, which is amazing. Uh, we need to be looking at insulation for all our housing as well, not just those under um, local authority control. Um, maybe we should be pushing for free school meals for all 
uh, primary age children that would give a f bit more money for local people to spend into other areas where um which comes at a quite a, i know it come quite as a cost but we managed it a little bit over the over the lockdowns as well which is amazing so we need to get some support extra support for struggling families of which there are quite a lot in portsmouth thank you duncan so lee what what more could and should the council be doing yeah well the yeah, yeah. So on the cost of living crisis, well, when it comes to solar energy, Portsmouth is this Lib Dem administration, the council, is uh, the number one council in the United Kingdom for installing um, solar panels and produces a lot of energy around that. And also, of course, we are insulating homes. We put £3.8 million towards hardship funds for um, pe people who um, are facing this cost of living um, crisis and um, uh, so a, a lot is being done and not least the warm spaces keeping libraries open very different here to so many other councils that are facing bankruptcy across the country Southampton, Hampshire and other places have put their council tax up 15% even so here we keep the council tax lower than it otherwise would be and yet we still deliver all of these services and we do our level best to look after people in this cost of living crisis. Thank you, Lee. Either of you wish to use the any of your 30 seconds? Simon. Okay, lovely. Thank you. So moving on to that ever popular topic, parking. So parking is a problem in, this, in most parts of the city. Um, as we move to more electric vehicles, obviously they're going to need um, charging. We've got a large number of streets that only have on-street parking. How can this challenge be met? And if I can ask that first to Lee. Well, it won't ever be met, will it? That's the truth of it. Let's be honest about it. Uh, there are a lot of cars. Um, some would say too many. Um, one day, of course, they will be hi probably hydrogen or, or cars and not polluting. But even so, there are material things that are sit on our streets and need somewhere to park. We're not going to create new parking spaces, so it's not going to happen. Um, I, I think that uh, the rationing of parking through residence parking schemes is a useful tool to try and meet people's expectations. And um, it has where they go in, um, even though there can be some um, opposition to it. Uh, uh, the political sort of opposition, the political uh, machinations around it have largely abated, with people not trying to score points anymore, um, which has um, uh, allowed people to decide for themselves, people who live in an area, whether or not they want a resident parking scheme. Uh, I'm on record as being the only councillor uh, quite a number of years ago now that said, if we're going to do this, let's do it citywide or not at all. And I think that if the council had gone along with my proposition back then, it had all been resolved, sorted, and a lot of money would have been saved in between. Thank you. Same to Duncan. Yeah, we do have a major problem in Portsmouth for parking. Um, electric cars is not the solution, or a solution. Um, we need a whole city-wide problem-solving. I've... Uh, heard it said from veterans outreach support that a lot of the elderly residents can't get anywhere that they need to because of uh, 
buses don't go where they need to. My thought is, along with the parking uh, permits, that buses in a port city, Portsmouth, need to be looked at quite badly so that people can get to where they need to go. Uh, for example, the um, post office depot is a good walk from any public transport, which is not great for those who are elderly or with mobility problems and cannot get there because they don't own a car. Uh, we need to make cycling around better and more easy. Um, there are a lot of parents I have spoken to have a problem letting their children cycle to school because it's not safe in the city for children to cycle to school, which would then take more cars off the road. So yes, we do need more electric car parking spaces, but however, it needs to be a citywide transport issue that we have. Well, if we can get people moving around by foot or by cycle, by public transport, it will then reduce the amount of cars we need in the city and be a step in the right direction for parking okay. and for moving around the city. Thank you. Um, any need for rebuttals on that one at all? Oh, we just seem to have lost Lee. I hope I haven't scared him off. I guess the we the next question was destined for Duncan to start with, so I guess I can ask the question to Duncan, um, and hopefully Lee will re-emerge in time to get back on uh, to to answer. So, question yeah. seven um, was around the clean air zone, Duncan. Um, yeah, is it the right solution? for pollution or is it just a tax um, on small businesses there are studies out there saying that long-term wise a clean air zone has no effect on small businesses or any other footfall for local areas um, it is my opinion that the clean air zone is not for purpose it is not big enough it is not strict enough my youngest son had been blue lighted to a &E four times before he was three with pollution exacerbated asthma, um, which isn't great. He's now five and we are using inhalers on a daily basis. Um, not perfect. Um, the lockdown we had a year or two back seems to have had a bigger effect on pollution in the city than the clean air zone. A freedom of information request has gone in to Portsmouth City Council asking for the most recent data to be released. Uh, the um information we received before that from like a year ago now i believe it to be showed that the clean air zone um was still up in the air as to whether it had any effects or not the clean air zone solution to pollution or just a tax on small business neither of those things really um the solution to pollution i'm doing things like the ship uh shorter ship power and changing the way that um the ships coming into the harp into the harbour, um, that their engines are cleaner, um, and so that when they're sat idling in the um, in Portsmouth, they don't chug out uh, smog. So that was we've been very successful in that. We we've become uh, we, we've worked out a deal with uh, Southern Southern Energy to provide that power from the national grid to feed the ships. Um, there's no doubt about it at all. You can go up and down some of the roads, um, uh, uh, but it's at peak times when there, there are these problems. This is the evidence we've been given. And as an administration or an elected person, you must be driven by the evidence from um, independent people 
not uh, conjecture and um, subjective views. Uh, you have to be driven by the evidence to make the, the right decision about these sorts of things. So it's not a, a, an attack on small businesses. Very few vehicles actually pay this um, this tax. Um, this tax. Small cars don't. Small vans don't. Only non-conforming um, vehicles, large lorries, older lorries, pay this um, charge. So I think it's a bit of a red herring when people say it's a tax on small businesses. That's nonsense. It's uh, the larger. Um, companies who choose to run um, polluting um, vehicles, uh, it encourages them to rethink their engines and the way that they um, deliver goods around the country so that they re re um, reduce the pollution. Thank you, Lee. Um, anybody want to use their additional 30 seconds? I, I will. Um, the, yep. uh, the the Pickup support, from my understanding, will come into effect sometime in the next two years. Um, the last data that was released shows that 40% of the pollution at Rudmore Roundabout is from the ferry port. So that in that immediate area would reduce pollution by a little bit, which is amazing. Given there are more ships coming in, that effect will be reduced. Um, in addition, we're talking London Road, Kingston Road, Kingston Crescent, Fratton Road all have really high amounts of pollution at peak times. I live a stone's throw from Kingston Road. The um, port hookups, yeah, they'll have a little effect, but less so this side of the city or this side of the clean air zone. Um, so I still wonder why Kingston Crescent, Kingston Road, Fratton Road were taken out of the clean air zone when originally they should have been parts, given the amount of pollution from cars and lorries down these roads has a major impact on the health of the people in the city. Okay, Duncan. Thank you. Um, Lee, did you want to use your 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason, simple reason, we were not going to whack uh, small businesses, as you described, Ian, earlier on. We're not going to whack small businesses with this um, with this um, charge. And as you say, Duncan, it is um, peak traffic time and the vast majority of vehicles coming down that road won't be charged in any, wouldn't be charged in any event. So it is a bit of a, it would be a bit of window dressing really and truly just to keep everybody like yourself, Duncan, happy. So we're driven by evidence um, uh, and not speculation. And, and that's how we make decisions in the council. Yeah, the evidence is that charging people for clean air zone has no effect on economic footfall. So, so gentlemen, yeah, th sorry. Th thank you both. <laughs> you've, you've, you've used your time, and I know it's one we could probably do a, do a whole show on. So uh, thank you both for keeping it brief. Simon. Okay, so um, after our own clean air zone, and this one goes on to the subject of antisocial behaviour. Obviously, it comes up regularly in yeah. all across the city. Um, what do you believe are the root causes and what more needs to be done to tackle it? And first, if I can ask that to Lee, please. Well, because I've been dealing with that all of my adult life, one way or another. Um, the, the absolutely uh, is terrible to have seen the funding reductions in youth services in particular around the country. It is a politically driven decision to reduce funding to local government. Um, and it is remarkable how Portsmouth actually 
by working with the voluntary sector, third sector and volunteers actually managed to do so much to give kids more to do. And when we did the community safety um, consultation around the city, that is what people said. Older people said we want to give kids more more things to do. So we're building a swimming pool over at uh, Bransbury Park. Remarkable that the Labour Party last year campaigned against it. Quite ridiculous. And 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 when we bring in the, you know, if we weren't doing these sorts of things, I could understand people complaining, giving kids more things to do. I could understand people moaning and griping. But uh, thankfully, because we manage the budget so well in Portsmouth, we are able to do these things, keeping libraries open, community centres going, Thank you, play parks moving forward, doing all these sorts of things. I could go on you, you could, um, but for a long time. Your minute's up. Thank you. Indeed. So there we are. Give kids things to do. Thank Get you, them off the street. Duncan. Yeah, um, yeah, and as, as they said, antisocial behaviour is is a problem in our city. And yes, we have some great resources. However, a swimming pool the other side of the city isn't really helpful for children here. And of course, that'll be going back to travel across the city to get there. Um, again, if people can't afford to access them, then they go, don't get used. So poverty is a problem. Inequality, addiction all play a part in the antisocial behaviour we have in our city. Um, so if we can call, uh, sort those root problems, this will bring, should bring down any antisocial behaviour problems that we've got. Again, so much has been put in. So many people have put up their time to help people in the city to give things to do. Um, so it's it's finding the solution to make sure people are paid properly as well. So many people going on strike at the moment because of pay. I'll give the example that my pay has reduced in value by 27% since 20, 2010, which is a significant okay. amount of money, for example. Indeed, thank you. Um, did either of you gentlemen want to use your 30-second rebuttal? Yeah, if I may. Um, Duncan sort of touches on a couple of issues, but, you know, the funding cuts to youth services, probation services, social yeah. services... All these things that Duncan talks about, and he's quite right, there's not a lot that us as local councillors, and if he was elected as a councillor, can actually uh, impact upon. These are things that have got to be decided at a, uh, at a government level. They've got to want to fund these sorts of things in order to reduce antisocial behaviour. I mean, slashing funding for all those all those things is just crazy. Thank you. Um, perfectly to time. Yeah. Um, Duncan, any use of the rebuttal there? No, not there. Marvellous. That brings us to our next question. The almost certain outcome of this election is going to be no overall control for the council um, again. So my question is, if you're elected, how can you ensure that you're going to get the best deal for the people of Nelson? And can I ask that first to Duncan? Sure. All I would have to do is try and work with those councils I'm working with to get the best for the area. Um that's making relationships, talking to people, whether that's other councillors and other groups in the city to make sure Nelson gets what it needs. So a nice brief answer there. So, Lee, if you're successful again, how, yes. how can you ensure Nelson gets the, a good deal? So, well, um, it's an interdependent city, so every area needs to get a good deal, um, as it were. Um and most of these things are decided, 98, 99.9% .9 of these things are decided at the budget and uh, the, the budget, uh, the Liberal Democrat budget was agreed 
really and truly 99.9% of it, only a small amount was disagreed upon. So working together cross party, um, because that's the situation that we're in. We're adult about it. We're grown up about it. And we talk to others about um, and with the MPs, of course, to try and win the best deal for Portsmouth and for uh, Nelson and the, the things that we want to do for people here that improve their daily lives. Thank you, gents. Either of you want to use your 30 seconds? Simon. What things would you like to see the community infrastructure levy? Uh, so for listeners, that's um, basically a fund that developers contribute to when they're allowed planning permission within a certain area. That goes into a pot um, for that ward and then the councillors get to agree uh, what that's spent on. Um, so what should the seal money f for Nelson be spent on? And if I can give that um, first to Lee, please. Sure. So we already uh, do utilise it. Uh, a little while ago, it was only about £30,000, but it has increased rather. So we um, we spend it on community centres, for example, things that people can access to make sure that our community centres continue to thrive. They're a very important part, the heart of our, our communities, the same around play parks. And of course, they, we help Friends of the Earth uh, with their um, uh, with the small greening area uh, in Derby Road uh, um, last year, we we uh, paid for the planting to be done, and they did the digging, as it were. So um, more of the same. Uh, we're also using um, the community infrastructure level money. We purchased a mobile camera, and that camera has already seen action and it helped us detect people who are fly dipping, and those people were in due course. Um, face some um, justice. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, the same to Duncan, please. Sure, I'd love to see it spent, as Lee said, on making sure our community centres are still there, still active, playing a part in our community. Um, we'd love to see Friends of the Earth do more than just that small area down Derby Road. I'm sure there are loads of other city areas in Nelson which would benefit from being greens that way. Um, so that work could continue there as well. Um, we need updating of play parks, making sure that children have got somewhere to go and play, knowing one love to make use of the play parks. And it's something that they feel strongly about what things go there as well. Um, community involvement for children, for young adults, for teenagers, making sure that everybody is, is, is heard and things that they need to put in. Um, certainly in the Certain areas of the city, I'm sure that adding extra things for people to do would keep antisocial behaviour down. It'd be really helpful. Okay, thank you very much. Anyone need to make use of their 30 second rebuttal on that? Yeah, just on the play parks issue, I mean, we continue to, I wouldn't know anybody think we don't, we, we use the housing revenue support. Um, budget to support play parks and indeed only a couple of years back I was at Stanshaw, sorry not Stanshaw, Buckland play park where we planted a whole load of fruit trees in there um, so we continue to do all of that and uh, and we continue to plant trees all over the shop, all over the state, all over the council's land, uh, particularly at uh, Buckland you'll see literally hundreds more trees that have been planted Okay. Certainly in, in Buckland Play Park, half the trees seem to have been vandalised and are no longer growing, which is a complete shame as well, given the time and money that have been put into it. 
Um, again, that's slightly more Charles Dickens more than than Nelson, I believe. The cutoff being um, this end of the park, but the same goes that it is a shame that such hard work has been put down because people can't can't keep their hands to themselves. Pretty much, it seems. But. So, gents, if we come to our last question, and this is now a this is now a challenge for for any uh, any political candidate to focus on just one thing. So if you were successful at the end of your term, what would be the one thing that you would want to have seen changed? And can I ask that first to Duncan, please? I would personally um, like to see an expansion in the clean air zone across Portsmouth um, and maybe an expansion and tighter controls on it, given that studies in places like Birmingham show that there is no long term detriment to the local economy for having a clean air zone thank you a, n a nice clean and concise answer duncan so so lee over to yourself if you're successful the one thing that you'd want to see change or improve looking back at the end of the term well i would lobby very hard again uh to reverse the stupid closure of police stations across our city and the stupid reduction in police officer numbers and the recent reduction of 30% in crime, police crime support, of, uh, uh, police community support officers. I um, mean, it's just completely on the issue that Duncan rose about uh, trees being broken down. Uh, we see far too much of that. Uh, that's what I, if, if I could achieve one thing, that's what I would do. I would reverse all of that. Thank you. But I can't. Thank you, Lee. But, um, but press hard and, um, and look to make that change. So thank you both. I will now hand over to Simon for closing addresses. Now we'll go to our closing speeches um, and we'll repeat the order that we had earlier on. Uh, so Lee, yours is first. Yes, so um, if anybody from Nelson and Stanshaw is watching and Buckland and Tipner and all rest, good evening. And I'd like you to vote for me because I'm knowledgeable, I'm hard work, I'm king and uh, my dinner's been some um, i'm a pretty fun guy and uh i'm reliable if you get in contact with me i'm very accessible and very user friendly so it's a good reason to vote for me i get stuff done thank did you. Done 34 seconds you you did indeed um thank you very much you did freeze a little bit in the middle um all right i think we kind of caught the caught the gist of it um okay thank you very much lee and Duncan. Hi, yeah, I am an independent green voice for this area. Um, I want to get things done. I want to be of use to people in our community. So I will be on the on the ballot paper. So please vote for me. I live, I have worked, my children live and grow up in this area. And I want to see the best future for everybody in the area, whoever you are. Thank you very much. So that brings us to the end of the Nelson Hustings. Thank you uh, both very much for your for your answers. There's some um, a lot of complexities in there, and uh, thank you for taking the time out to to give the voters the option of of hearing your perspective. Um, as we've said, the oh, the worst kind of vote is one that can't be coast, um, can't be passed. So please make sure you're ready to vote. And as we look ahead, we have more ward hustings to come. And uh, please 
pay attention to our social media pages to ensure that you keep up to date with everything that's happening because it's uh, this time of year it's always changing so you've been listening to the pompey politics podcast i've been ian tiny morris and our guests have been duncan robinson from the green party lee hunt from the liberal democrats and i've been simon sansbury Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa. Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. stop. See? It's easy. <laughs>